Hey, it's Jordan. We'll open up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. Wouldn't it be great to start the year with simple, fast, and effective stress and anxiety reducers that you can use for the rest of the year and forever? Well, this is exactly what the self-paced Quick Calm Video Workshop will give you. And at the end of this episode, I'll give you a special discount code so that you and 99 other listeners can get Quick Calm for less. I call this syndrome goal fatigue. We have the same old sorry goal that we create every year and like by February it's disappeared. Sometimes our goals are actually kind of exhausting and they're exhausted. So if you can focus on what would that goal get me, that might get you to the exciting part. Happy New Year, and welcome to The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. If you belong to a gym, you know that January can be a really crowded month. Not surprising, because many of our resolutions include getting more exercise and getting fit and losing weight. You probably also notice that come February, there are fewer people. And then by the time April and May roll around, there are many fewer people than there were in January. This is because 50% of people who join gyms in January quit their memberships by June 30th. This is according to 2019 data from the International Health Racket and Sports Club Association. If you think about it, this is true of a lot of things we start, so I thought it would be a good idea if we start the year with an episode about upping the odds of realizing our resolutions and reaching our goals, with the help of a coach. My guest, Marilena Minucci, is a wellness coach and notably a master coach for other coaches. She has 30 years of experience in training, coaching, and mentoring, and she's the author of Quantum Coaching Questions. She's also the creator of the Quantum Coaching Method, and you can learn more about Marilena in the show notes. Hey, Marilena, thanks for coming by The Chill Factory. When I talk with people about coaching, I sometimes think I see their brain working and thinking, coaching, coaching, you mean like the coach of my kid's soccer team or the coach that I had who was also my gym teacher and health teacher? But that is not what we're talking about here with wellness coaching or executive coaching or life coaching. So what is coaching and what happens during the coaching process? It's so funny you said that because I want to tell you that when I first started coaching, which was 20 plus, plus, plus years ago, and I mentioned that I was a coach, people would say, where's your whistle? (laughs) Their only premise was, you know, having that uh, point of view from the athletic world, right? Why aren't you wearing shorts? (laughs) And stripes. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Our number, right? So it took a while to educate people. But I think that now it's become a bona fide profession and people have more of an idea when you say coach. What is that? But to be clear, really having a coach is like having an ally, someone who is totally on your side, who deeply listens to you, who is there to partner with you on your most important deepest desired outcomes because life is so busy right now it's hard for us sometimes to stay focused on an agenda that's important to us and we want to make sure that it doesn't get sidelined so the coach is there to just really support you in that process and 
what is so awesome about, you know, sessions you might have with a coach, for instance, you're going to get the opportunity to be really heard, really listened to deeply. This is someone who gives you space and time to think and explore your feelings and your thoughts and your beliefs. And then they give you the structure to help you figure out what's most important to you now and then help you create a map to get there. And what led you to become a wellness coach? <laughs> this is such a great question. I have to tell you, when I was younger, if I went to the bookstore, I was always in the self-help section. <laughs> You know, I, I love that was you. <laughs> that was me. Was that you down the other side? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, I could read all these. And, you know, I am so passionate about what's possible. Uh, I love helping people. That's always kind of a given with coaching. But I really like to help people feel like they're reaching their potential. You know, when I hear people excited about their dreams, but then they're stuck or they're struggling that gets me really going. And so I think I always had that tendency. And so I started out as a counselor and all of that, but it really wasn't doing it for me. When I heard about coaching, I got so super excited because it's so proactive and it lives right now in the present. And it's like, we're taking action and we're moving forward and we're not stuck in the past. You know, there's space and time for things like therapy and counseling for people who really need that. But coaching is different. It's a different entity. It's a different way of helping people be with what they want, help them get through their obstacles and, and keep moving forward. You know, my dad always told me I could do or be anything. My mom always encouraged me to explore new ideas and she was always helping people. So I think I saw it modeled for me. And so it's just a natural outcropping of who I am and what I really think I'm most passionate about. And secretly, the more I help my clients, the more I stay on the path myself to keep helping myself. And I'm glad you pointed out the distinction between a coach and a psychotherapist or, or a mental health counselor. When you see a wellness coach or a life coach, you're not really going to talk about what your parents did to influence you in this way or that way and, and how they caused this issue or that issue. It's much more focused on your goals and outcomes and getting there. Absolutely. I would say, of course, the past is going to come up, our stories, our backgrounds. But the past in coaching really plays the role of an informant. In other words, we say, what, what did you learn from that experience? What, what, how do you think that has created sort of patterns you have right now that maybe you see aren't really serving you anymore? And so maybe we can work to create some new habits and new patterns to move forward. So here we are at the beginning of a year. And Marilena, if someone were interested in making a change or, or finding a coach, do you have a headline that you would shout from the rooftop about this process and those goals? I would say one of the most important things to the process of change is self-compassion. And that we come at this not like we're feeling less than or we're imperfect or from scarcity, but that we come to coaching or to the process of making any kind of lifestyle change, just loving ourselves enough to say, you know what, I've been doing the best that I can and I really just would love some support. People don't like to ask for help 
or support. And if we can just get past that from the place of saying, there's no reason in the world anybody is expected to know it all or do it all. And that just by taking some simple steps, and by the way, the steps are not always to do something. It could be to stop doing something or to keep doing something or to, you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't look like more to do. It can be, sometimes look like simplifying our lives and doing less and slowing down. We deserve the space to be compassionate with ourselves and to come from a place of, you know, just wanting to enjoy our lives and, and having a sense of living more of an inspired, fulfilled life. And that would be my goal for any of my clients. And definitely it's the goal I have for myself. Coach or no coach, where should people start when they want to uh, change a behavior or reach a goal because sometimes it just seems overwhelming and that in and of itself prevents people from from taking the first step. Formulating the goal, can I say, I want to encourage people to think about the outcome. I call this syndrome goal fatigue, especially around the New Year's. We have this same old sorry goal that we create every year, and like by February, it's disappeared. So sometimes our goals are actually kind of exhausting, and they're exhausted. So if you can focus on what would that goal get me, that might get you to the exciting part, if that makes sense. Then with that energy generated, the goal then gets broken down to small steps. What are the small steps that you're going to take and breaking them down? and you know creating a plan and working it so that it's it's a non-negotiable part of your life so whether it's part of your schedule during the week or depending on what the goal is um, if it's a new habit that you want to create every day or it's a big project like writing a book or taking a trip or whatever it is you want to do we still have to break it down into manageable chunks we can handle tiny little steps Sometimes the big leaps are where we get stuck and we procrastinate, right? Or we get into paralysis and then we never get it done. It always drops down. But little tiny steps you can fit in here and there. Little tiny steps you can take more consistently. So let me give you an example, if you will, of a tiny step that really, really works well. Well, work well for a client of mine. She wanted to get back to the gym. So her initial tiny step was to just drive by the gym on her way home every day. She did that for a whole week. And it sort of broke down that barrier of why haven't I gotten back to the gym? You know, it took her months, she was stuck. And then the next tiny step was literally to drive into the parking lot, drive around, and then go home. So she did this for another week. And I swear to you, it sounds so ridiculous, and it's totally true. That's how small these tiny steps can be. By then, it had broken down so much that she was able to park, go in. And then when she realized, when she walked in was... I didn't really like the atmosphere in the gym. It had changed a lot. There were a lot of different types of people working out and it wasn't for her anymore. So it gave her the insight to be able to say, great, I need to find another place, which she did. And just that art of the tiny steps took her right down that path. I love that. It's like rehearsing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That idea of uh, taking smaller steps toward the bigger goal 
and breaking things down. I'm so glad you brought that up because in stress reduction, that is one of the biggest uh, and most important first steps. If you know we think about what what's stressing us out, and I say my job, well, that's a stress blob that is so big and so hard to get our arms around that we may very well end up not doing anything about it. But if we ask, okay, let's talk about two or three things that make your job stressful, uh, that often makes it more manageable. It, it makes it uh, feel easier and more likely that we'll start taking steps toward reducing that larger stress of the job. Yeah. So when you think about those big things, it triggers this fight or flight or freeze response in the brain. And, and I, so I picture it when I share it with my students, uh, uh, like a sleeping lion. You want to tiptoe around the sleeping lion. Don't trigger that fight or flight or freeze. And tiny steps lets you do that. Tiptoeing tiny steps that lets you just do it without bringing up all this extra fear, anxiety, additional stress, you know. And I think that's just been the most helpful thing for me every day in doing everything is just what's the next tiny step I need to take. And to the point where I have a really big task and I'm procrastinating, I know I need to sit down and make a list of just the most ridiculous tiny steps. And that gets the wheels turning again. I think when you have a coach, Marilena, you don't feel alone in trying yeah. to deal with the issues at hand or to reach a goal. And a lot of us do feel alone. We are alone in our thoughts, in, in how we uh, go about our days and how we have to solve our challenges and deal with our issues. But of course, in reality, we're not alone because there are lots of resources free and paid that can help us. So uh, a coach is one of those resources who can be a, a team member with us. And I think just that, just knowing that we have a partner in this, they're not going to do it for us, but they'll be there cheerleading us. They'll be there to help us sort out our thoughts. That is a huge step toward getting to where we want to go. It's huge. I always tell people if the goal is important to you, if the outcome is important to you, the more support and accountability you need to have. And believe me, I rejected the idea that I needed accountability when I first started coaching and I had a coach of my own. Like, I'm a very responsible person. I can do this myself. And I am. I'm a very high achieving, responsible person. And that buys me a whole lot of overwhelm a lot of the time to tell you the truth. And having a coach and an accountability partner in that respect can really help me stay on track and keep the most important things top of mind. And when I embrace that, I realize the power of that is tremendous. And the most successful people in the world have got that kind of support. They get stuff done because they create that space with a coach. They let that happen to have them have the time to think it through or to execute the plan. I think that after listening to you, Marilena, a lot of people are going to be interested in at least exploring having a coach and reading a little more about the process. So where would someone find a wellness coach or a career coach or whatever kind of coach they wanted? 
Well, there are definitely organizations that uh, coaches can become members of, including the International Coach Federation, the ICF as it's known, and uh, for health and wellness coaching, the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches. And there are plenty of coaches out there who are certified and they're trained. They may not be members of these organizations, but at least I know in these organizations there are directories where you can locate coaches. Most coaches these days work virtually, so you could probably work with anyone around the world and find someone with a specialty. I think it's most important to find somebody who um, you connect with. When you first meet with a coach, most of them have an introductory session to see if you're a good fit. So, you know, take advantage of that. Inter- interview the coach to see what, what they've been up to, the type of people they've helped, and how, in particular, they think they can help you. And look at their backgrounds and their areas of expertise and their life experience. And many of them have other uh, services that they partner up or they bundle up with their coaching as well. I have to tell you personally, I have several coaches for different areas of my life. I have coach in business, I have a coach for my health and well-being, and I have an accountability coach, someone I pay to help me stay on track with the many, many projects that I have because I find it's just that important and critical for me to do. Otherwise, like I said, I can easily get bogged down. Marilena, such a pleasure to talk with you. I almost can't wait to get off uh, the call so that I can start uh, listing what I want, <laughs> what I want my outcomes to be in 2022. Uh, so I really appreciate your your wisdom and your time, and thanks for coming by the Chill Factory. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my extreme pleasure. You got my juices flowing about what I want for the new year, too. Excellent. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Let's talk tolerances. Like breaking down larger sources of stress into more manageable pieces, eliminating and reducing tolerances is a powerful but often overlooked stress and anxiety reducer. Back in the middle of the last century, when research around stress really got going, there was a big focus on life events. There was even a landmark instrument called the Life Events Inventory, which ranked your potential for getting sick down the line based on the number of mega stressors you experienced in a given year. Things like a death in the family, changing a job, moving, or a wedding. And yes, even things that are generally thought of as positive can be really stressful. With more and more research since then, we've come to realize that small things, also known as daily hassles, can have an even bigger impact on our long-term health than those big life events. This is probably because these daily hassles, things like not being able to find your keys, traffic jams, noise, technology frustrations, and more, don't allow our stress responses to shut off. Tolerances, or things that annoy you or get in your way, are definitely included in these daily hassles. And yes, they can seem really inconsequential compared to the bigger stuff going on in your life or all of the things we have to deal with in our world. But letting them go, not paying attention to them, acts like kindling that fuels that nonstop stress response. Let me give you a really quick personal example. In my house, there was a squeaky door. 
there was a squeaky door for a year. And squeaking annoys me. I often felt that I couldn't access the closet behind this squeaky door because I was going to wake up other people in my house. That's how squeaky it was. Finally, like a gift, my partner fixed the squeaky door. No more squeak. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy opening and closing this closet door. Sometimes I just open and close it because I want to hear silence when I do so. I know this may seem like a tiny, unimportant example, but fixing that door removed some of the kindling that fuels my stress response. So my challenge to you, my friend, is to list your tolerances. And if there's someone in your life who knows you and you know them, this is a great activity to do together. And then tackle one tolerance a week. And at the end of the year, you will have neutralized more than 50 of these tolerances. Of course, new ones will pop up along the way and other ones will disappear naturally. But remember that stress and anxiety reduction are like gardening. They usually need to be ongoing to realize the greatest benefit. Okay, here's the special discount code I promised you for the self-paced quick calm video workshop, which will teach you 10 data-driven stress and anxiety reduction techniques, including quick calm, which is the most popular technique I teach. Just go to quickcalm.net to learn more about the workshop and use the discount code COACH. This offer will expire at midnight on January 31st, 2022. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. There's more information and resources at thechillfactory.net. And you can also leave us a question or voicemail there. Just look for the blue tab on the right side of any site page. And if there's something you've heard here on The Chill Factory that you think will help someone in your life, we'd love it if you shared an episode or the podcast with them. And subscribe or follow The Chill Factory so you'll know when new episodes are available. And as Betty White said, you don't luck into integrity, you work at it.